BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. What an incredible honor it is to be with you. It always will be. On today, the day the Lord has made and the times in which God has decided we will live times such as these. It's 800-282-2882 if you'd like to chat with us on Rush's program today. I'll be your guide host this week. Just imagine in the jury room. What's going on right now in the trial of of former officer Derek Chauvin? Just imagine the jury room and imagine the emotion and the concern because there was not just Maxine Waters. And we will get into Maxine Waters. You will hear Rush explain Maxine Waters and how to deal with her. You'll also hear Rush explain the psychology behind riots, which any thinking person expects. And I just take myself inside this jury room and what they have to walk through. The jury instructions around the charge with which Maxine Waters has demanded a conviction, lest there's more confrontational tactics. And by the way, she's being defended there's members of the Mockingbird media, we'll get to this, who have jumped to defense. Well, sure, of course we'd be, we should be more confrontational. So I take myself inside this jury room. As they're told, Maxine Waters, the U.S. representative, has, has basically said, your cities will burn unless I see a second-degree murder conviction. And then there's the rule of the law. And the jury guidance we shared with you yesterday. Second-degree murder involves someone who unwittingly causes the death of another while engaged in a felony. I don't think Derek Chauvin was engaged in a felony. Then I think of the jury balancing two two potential tragedies. One is convicting 
Derek Chauvin of a crime he did not commit. I'm not saying that there aren't lesser charges that they can consider. But Maxine Waters has said it's all in or the city's burns. Effectively, the message she sent, it's had an effect on the trial. You'll hear from the judge. Not on this trial, but he said that this may give grounds for an appeal. This may this may give grounds to toss the whole thing out. I think of the participants. I think of the defense attorney. Just imagine this. Just remember this. When we had who were likely terrorists and turned out to be terrorists in, in Guantanamo Bay, there was a contest between the, the, the big, important law firms with the beautiful marble floors, and they are gorgeous floors. And they keep them so clean and tidy. And the views from the, from the conference rooms, they're stunning. They had a contest. Who will represent the terrorists for free? There was no contest to represent Derek Chauvin. There's one man who's doing that. His defense attorney's doing that. One man. Everybody deserves a defense. John Adams said that. To paraphrase, when he made the controversial decision to defend the Redcoat. Because everybody deserves a defense. I think of the jury. The two possible outcomes. They convict Chauvin of second-degree murder when the letter of the law is he didn't commit second-degree murder. And the tragic outcome is that Maxine Waters gets what she wants, which is more riots. Or Derek Chauvin is convicted of something he didn't do. I don't think he committed second-degree murder. I think there's enough reasonable doubt on this. But I just imagine being in that jury room. Powerline blog reports that public officials in the area have sold their homes at a loss. Because they fear what will happen to their families. I do think of the Floyd family. And I think of losing someone that way and. I'm always struck by the the concentration on the nine minutes. And how many nine-minute segments of George's life were there, Mr. Floyd's life, where one could beg him, please, 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 please get in treatment, George. Please. It's a tough thing. If you've ever had to put a loved one in treatment or beg them to do it, it's it's horribly difficult. I think of them. Does, Does anything... I don't know them. I don't know their hearts. I don't know their souls. But will the burning of the cities help them? Will it not create more circumstances like George's circumstance where he grew up? I think of the cities right now who are creating more George Floyds. New York, just no bail. You just leave. You just flee. You just There's no consequence for a crime. There's, there's drugs widely available. I think of the cities where you can walk outside and raise your hand and you got fentanyl and meth and heroin. And what's that like for an addict? 
And I think of the people who are going to riot. And they're responsible for their decisions and the violence and the ruin and the destruction. And most of them are adults. And they've been traumatized by a media. Because I think of the newsrooms. I think of the CNN newsroom. And the excitement. And the rubbing their hands together. Might get to see some stuff tonight. I think of the James O'Keefe audio. Oh, yeah, we don't talk about the downside of Black Lives Matter Incorporated because that destroys the narratives, according to O'Keefe's audio. I, I think of the efforts to only look at the one side of Black Lives Matter Incorporated, the so-called positive side of it. And I think of the people who will riot tonight, and I think of the trauma they put through by a media that pretends that George Floyd circumstances happen every day. And then I think of America's enduring anchorman. He was pained by the George Floyd video. He was so pained. You remember. You remember Rush, right? I also remember him talking about the reality of riots, of of all the talents the Maha had, his understanding of human psychology was perhaps his most potent gift from God. Listen to Rush explain the psychology of need behind riots. They're given a sense of purpose. They're made angry. They're told their country hates them. They're told their country wants no part of them. They're just little percolators of anger and frustration. Meanwhile, none of any of these bad actors, it seems, I can't find accurate records of how many arrests there have been. And this has to stop. The federal government has the authority. They have the ability to arrest people and get this stuff shut down. And it's time that somebody acted. It's time that this stuff was shut down. Police are standing down. Looks like in these blue states, the acting philosophy, Mr. Snurdly, correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like they've taken a page out of that former mayor of Baltimore's book. Give them space. Give them space. The theory is they'll burn themselves out. Go ahead and let them have at it. Burn down a building, burn down a block. Blow this up, blow up that cop car, set that on fire, and they'll eventually burn themselves out. Just run out of emotion. That's not how this is going to go. They're not going to burn themselves out. They're not going to get rid of all their pent-up emotion. That's not how to deal with this. You imagine the old days. You know what? Let's just let Capone keep doing his booze running away. He'll eventually get tired of it, and it will move in. Let's stop Al-Qaeda. You know, we stop trying to stop Al-Qaeda. We can't stop anyway, and they're eventually they're going to burn out. Let's just let them get it out of their system. This seems to be the way many of these blue states are dealing with this. From the jury room to Derek Chauvin's mind, to the to the emotions and the weight on the Floyd family, that is it going to help bring George back, Mr. Floyd back? The city's burned to the shop owners. I just I've seen it so often on the West Coast that that people who live in their stores, upstairs from their stores, are asking themselves. Wait, what What did I do to George Floyd? What, what have I done to the black community? What have I done to deserve my business being 
destroyed in, in West Coast cities, and I'm sure the same is true in, in New York. And in Chicago, the police are so taxed that business owners will often watch from home as their business is destroyed and they watch it on their security cameras. And then I think of the biggest radio audience in history. And what would happen if we just prayed that none of that occurred or that people would see the error and that a spirit of peace could come? Do we have that in our hearts? God could make it happen. Do we have that in our hearts? I pray most of all for the safety of every person who's trying to conduct justice. What a position to be in. You'll hear Maxine Waters. It's it's a call for blood. You'll hear the judge's response to this when we continue. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. From a somber opening. It's a somber occasion. What we're getting ready to see here. To this, just, just, you know, one of the really brilliant things that the left uh, constructed was making whataboutisms a bad thing. You know that? You hear that from the left? That's it. You're, uh, you're doing a whataboutism. Don't, we don't have any whataboutisms. Let me give you a whataboutism and why they're important. Here's a whataboutism. Huh. Today, my left arm is numb and my neck hurts at the aorta and I'm flooring my words. It wasn't like this yesterday. Is that something wrong with me? And your doctor says, uh, it's whataboutism. What are you doing in here? We don't do whataboutisms. In other words, the left cleverly tried to outlaw, emotionally outlaw, consistency. <laughs> Let's transport ourselves to another world where Donald Trump or, or Ron DeSantis or Ted Cruz... Tom Cotton showed up at, let's say, January 6th. Well, well, right after that, just after that happened, January 6th. Let's just say that they went to right where that happened. And they stood there and said, we need to get more confrontational. We need more confrontation. And let's say that they did that right outside a, a, a jury as a jury was hearing cases related to January 6th, imagine. Well, that's what Maxine Waters did in Brooklyn Center. Now, as we listen to these, these bits of audio we're going to give here, I want you to keep in mind the number of times CNN and their partners in the Democrat machine demanded President Trump be impeached for criticizing judges. And listen to the extraordinary exchange between Derek Chauvin's defense attorney, Eric Nelson, and Judge Peter Cahill. Now that we have U.S. representatives uh, threatening acts of, of, uh, of violence in relation to this specific case, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, Judge. Well, I'll give you that Congresswoman and Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned. If there is an appeal. Now, Eric Nelson, who by himself, as I understand, is defending uh, Derek Chauvin with a jury that has not been sequestered. He was saying, I got an alert on my phone. A U.S. representative is, is basically threatening violence. Does anyone see CNN, New York Times, Los Angeles Times, The Hill, The Seattle Times, Washington Post coming out and saying, well, this is this is this is impeachable. Nah, come on, man. No. 
So Judge Cahill does not think Maxine Waters' demand for a conviction on second-degree murder will bias the jury, but he is not happy with her at all. I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial branch in our function. I think if they want to give their opinions, they should do so in a respectful and in a manner that is consistent with their oath to the Constitution to respect a co-equal branch of government. Their failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent, but I don't think it has prejudiced us with additional material that would prejudice this jury. A congresswoman's opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. (laughs) It's incredible that this isn't focused on. Now, Matthew Dodd, you know him, wants more confrontational riots. And seriously, this dude sounds like all the leftist mayors who are all for the violent riots until the lobbies of their condos are burned, Ted Wheeler, or their houses are doxxed and BLM and Antifa show up and make threats. Jenny Durkin listened to Dowd demand more confrontational tactics. I actually just listened to Maxine Waters, and of course we all have to be cognizant of what we say. I don't think what she said in any way should we should criticize her for of course we should be more confrontational that doesn't mean we should be more violent and the only thing that led to the civil rights legislation that finally passed in 1965 was you know nonviolent protests and so i think that's where we're going to end up today the republicans seem to me on the complete wrong side of history of this And Rush had a great idea for dealing with Maxine Waters and people like her, and I can bear witness this stuff works. Well, there's any number of ways to deal with people like uh, anti-Maxine. The one thing that you have to realize is approaching her seriously on this and attempting to hold her accountable as a congressman to whatever ethics or laws that she has sworn to defend. I mean, she's... She's out there inciting mobs. But to go after her on that basis, I guarantee you, would be a losing effort. Simply because the first time anybody tried it, you know what the retort would be. You racist pig. The woman's only doing what she thinks is best. How dare you? And that would, it would start a new... I think the best way to deal with Maxine is to laugh at her. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not not taking seriously what she's advocating. As well. But even, even Pelosi has seen the necessity of swatting away what Maxine is suggesting. Pelosi realizes that anti-Maxine is not going to deliver them the House majority. And in some cases, it may be best to just leave anti-Maxine alone and let her go. Just let her continue to descend into whatever pit of insanity that she's descending into. Just stand aside. You know, there's an old adage. When somebody's making a fool of themselves, stand aside and let it happen. And that may just apply here to anti-Maxine. There's also another old rule of thumb. Never get into an argument with an idiot. Because people watching will not be able to tell the difference in you and the idiot. But on the other side of that, this is serious. This woman is promoting and inciting mobs. Are we just supposed to stand by and let it happen? This is a age-old question, you know, how to deal uh, with this kind of attack, these kinds of insults and assaults. 
the proper way depends on it, 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 each individual case. There's not a blanket answer to how to deal with these kinds of things. In Maxine's case, she's clearly, she's an order of fries short of a happy meal. And I think the more she's left alone and maybe even encouraged, the more effective opposition to her will end up being. Short of uh, fries, how many short? She's clearly an order for a short of a happy meal. That's Russia's enduring wisdom. I can tell you, laughing in the face of these people works. Now, what's going to happen when Black Lives Matter hears this? Thank you for putting up with me, guide host this week on the uh, EIB network. 800-282-2882 if you want to join us. And please, by the way... If you if if you have been a lifelong fan of Rush, you do yourself a disservice by not having Rush twenty four seven, because the archives, the material that's there, the videos that's there, it's not just memories. As this program proves every every day, it, no matter who's the guide host, it proves every single day uh, the relevance of that. And if you are new, like we've had every time I'm on these times, we have brand new listeners to Rush's program. You must, I mean, it's almost a moral imperative. You must subscribe to that. Go to RushLimbaugh.com because the basis on which this, this program is built, it's, it's an architecture of solidity and principles that never change. And that's one of the reasons the show has done so well over time and why it's so important is because the principles have never changed. I, I heard Mark Stein once give an incredibly brilliant soliloquy on that, that the principles never changed. One of the principles of the program as Rush explained it all these years, is is to never, ever, ever give in to the idea of being a victim. Never do it. Another principle that is overlooked, this program, the host thereof, Rush, was given a medal of freedom. And he was in the free speech business. And he loved and I was talking to someone on Team EIB yesterday that Rush would remind people, I'm in the free speech business. And I'd heard that after 9-11, when companies were banning playing this or that song, <laughs> Rush would put it into the bumper rotation. Um, drop a bomb on you, like by, by Tom Petty. And would say, I'm in the free speech business. And the program succeeded because it's it was entertaining and informative and because it offered a place for actual information in the face of the lies from the Mockingbird media, but something else. This program slowed the march of leftism like nothing in history because it was such a potent counter to the Mockingbird media. We talked yesterday, I think it was Jared from Kentucky who had been victimized by NPR. And then after... The election started to listen to this program with Rush hosting and saying, wait a minute. There's another side to these things. Folks. There's that phrase red pilling. We're watching it. Glenn Greenwald is a left leaning journalist. A gay man in a partnership with another gay man. They've got children. Glenn started, I think it's, it was the dispatch. He got kicked out of his own newspaper because he wanted to cover the media's non-coverage of Hunter Biden. He is not, I'm not saying that he's becoming a conservative or anything like it, but I'm saying that he's waking up to the reality of the deep state, which Rush was one of the first people to describe for us, the deep state. 
to put a name to it and explain it. And a lot of people, when they heard that, said, oh, wait, shadow government? Russia never meant that. They're right here. (laughs) They're right in front of us. The bureaucracies. Glenn Greenwald is waking up to this. You have radical feminists like Megan Murphy waking up to, wait a minute, the left wants to do what with children and women's rights? And they want to erase them. Those people are also in the free speech business. This program stalled the march of leftism. You stalled the march of leftism. And I want to remind people of something. I am aware that H.R. 1, this so-called For the People Act, this ridiculous federal takeover of elections, if that passes, we are in the most dire of possible circumstances. If they pack the Supreme Court, we are in the most dire of possible circumstances in this. We don't need to win this second. The left is already beginning to eat the left. We need to continue to stall them While we have great governors like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott and Christy Noem in many ways, great governor, who are standing up to the march of the left. We're going to be a Second Amendment sanctuary zone. They are protesting. Protesting. And we have never seen the the left let a legitimate protest go unmolested. It is always turned into a drive for power for the elites every time. Communism is no different. Look at Patrice Colliers, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter Incorporated, purchasing a $1.4 million home. That's a good, she's a well-trained Marxist. The Marxist leaders always get that. Look at the Castros. They take what people believe is legitimate. Communism is not legitimate. But they take it as legitimate and say, this is for the people's rights. It's hijacked and the elites end up in charge. Conservatism is the opposite of this. <laughs> that if we win, you win. And and like I said, Rush said he was in the free speech business. The show was entertaining with him. It was informative with him like no other. And it was also an ongoing protest against leftism. But unlike the left's theft of legitimate protests, Rush's show was never hijacked. The Minneapolis police didn't arrest the officers involved. Not very soon. Well, you know the George Floyd story. So legitimate protests. And they were legitimate. Legitimate anger. Legitimate, we've had it up to here, were hijacked. Legitimate protests became opportunities. For rioters, looters, Antifa, what began as protests became hijacked by organized leftist organizations who were, they were allowed to push out-of-work protesters from protest to anarchy. Now, there was looting before Antifa arrived, but nothing like we saw over the weekend. And while this is going on, you had to look far and wide to find any leadership In cities and states, National Guard should have been activated as soon as the first riots began. It was stunning to me how many nights in a row this went on. And every night, here comes television, whatever network, to televise it like it was its own sporting event. With very little serious effort engaged in to stop it. Blue state governors let fires burn. Business districts were damaged. Even the mayor of Atlanta had had enough, went on TV and said, 
just stopped. She ripped into these people. You didn't do this after Martin Luther King was assassinated, which is true. You know, go back to 1968. The Democrats lost big because they were seen as tied to this stuff. And I'm going to tell you, you Republicans out there, if you're worried about the election in November, don't be. Just figure out a way to tie all of this to the Democrat Party because that's where its home is. What you're watching in all these blue states, when you watch these riots, you are watching the Democrat Party's chickens come home to roost. This is what the Democrat Party has been guaranteeing will happen for 50 years. They've been lying to their voters. They have been lying to the American people. They've been making all of these exorbitant promises that never can come true. And every time that becomes obvious, what do you end up doing? Blaming Republicans for people's misery. Blaming Republicans for whatever racism, bigotry, homophobia, whatever else is out there. Blame the Republicans for it. And they always get away with that because of their sycophant buddies in the media. But this is, this is exactly what you get when you promise utopia and the moon to people for 50 years. And you don't even come close to delivering. And then one day, the country elects somebody who really causes some great economic activity to happen. People create new wealth, new opportunity, unemployment goes way down. And because you believed in what the Democrats said, you're not participating in it because you're waiting for government to make you rich. You're waiting for government to do something for you. So that you get even angrier when other people are doing well and you're not. Time to blame Trump for it all. But this is what you get. The Democrat Party unchecked power 50 years. We'll continue to track, of course, the unchecked power of the mob that we hope is checked in Minnesota. Remember when when the New York Times told us for weeks about the officer who was beaten in the head with a fire extinguisher and then died? Let's get the full story on that when we come back. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Many thanks to my friends at 590 KQNT in Spokane, Washington. Let me uh, hang out in the studio. I appreciate that. Remember um, a few weeks ago, I guess it was about a month ago, the New York Times tried to write. uh, Actually, I I had the honor of, I haven't been in a New York Times hit piece in a number of years. Um, They tried to roll me into a a piece on so-called disinformation that, that they ran about the same time where they had run a tiny little correction to say, oh, Brian Sitnik, uh, the officer, God rest him, comfort his family, in Washington, D.C., wasn't actually beaten in the head with anything. Weeks. They told us that, that he had been beaten in the head with a fire extinguisher, and his friends and family had to picture that in their minds. And now we've learned officially that Brian Sitnik, the officer, again, rest, God rest him, comfort his family, died of natural causes. Not related to any injury, January sixth. So now we know. But look, I mean, give the Democrats a break. This served its purpose. The purpose could be to say to John Roberts Supreme Court, "You can't hear election fraud cases." There was an armed insurrection attempt. Oh wait, it wasn't armed. And an officer was beaten to death. Oh, wait. No, he died of a stroke. 
And so now we pedal this stuff all back. Right? And the Supreme Court has rejected another challenge to the Pennsylvania election results. And those were those were blatantly illegal. Unconstitutional. The state legislature did not change the voting rules in Pennsylvania to allow that mail-in voting. That was done with the stroke of a pen. So we're back to yesterday we talked about activist judges. That that an activist judge is someone who says, I don't care what the law says, what the Constitution says. I know what I'm supposed to do for my party. But the media also, the mockingbirds, told the Sidnik, 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 armed insurrection, armed insurrection. They never took that back. How many times did Rush try to get the GOP to understand they will never get fair treatment by the Mockingbird media members? Forcing them to change, making them change, having them see the light so that they change on their own. That isn't going to happen. New York Times is not going to stop being the New York Times. And CNN isn't going to stop being CNN. What has to happen is that more and more people are persuaded and informed to not believe what they see or hear from any of these mainstream media outlets. And also find the channels that don't do this. The, the coverage of the, the Derek Chauvin trial, there are local sources who have actually covered the detail and the nuance to the case. They really have. They've covered the defense position, and it's great to see because an informed populace maybe doesn't turn into victims of mainstream media rioting, right? Find that as we wait now that this this case is in the hands of a jury. Who knows a United States congresswoman wants blood unless they convict on second-degree murder? Let's talk to Jim in Kansas. Jim, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week. Glad you called, Jim. Welcome. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Hey, I wonder if uh, anti-Maxine could be brought up on charges of, like, jury tampering or something, because what she said was a direct threat to the court. She was talking to the jury and to the judge, and she said, we want what we want or else. Well, I I do. I'll take the answer off there. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Don't don't do that to me. I want to just say one thing to you. No, um, and Jim, I appreciate you being quick. I know that we, we, you know, get short on time. I just, wait, did... Are you the guy who found out she became a Republican? No. I've been a Republican since <laughs> No, I know you have. I'm saying that Maxine, you know, she has that waiver. Remember that whole thing about jury tampering? It has that asterisk next to it where it says, unless you're a, unless you're a Democrat, right, in the law? That's, that's yeah, she's it, not a Republican, so she no. can't be charged. <laughs> but you bring up this great point because they did it. To Trump, they panicked over Trump. They went, uh, they went, you know, apoplectic over Trump. It's a great point, Jim. Thank you for the phone call. This is exactly what just Rush was just saying. That's exactly what he just said. And oh man, there's no program like this program for getting in the ears of people in journalism. They'll never admit it, but they listen. Because of the footprint that Rush created, the size of the audience you and he created together, to journalists. Do you really want to further burn down your profession by not treating Maxine Waters to the same treatment that President Trump endured? Please don't confuse Flyover country with dumb, dumb country. We're not dumb, dumbs. We're not even dumb. 
We watch and we've seen the way you cover him versus her and on a range of things. So much more to get to as we continue. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. We have, EIB is launching a very, very cool podcast project. And you're going to be able to get this coming up at, uh, at RushLimbaugh.com. You know him as Bo Schnurdly. Uh He is James Golden. And he may have the most knowledge about what actually went on behind the scenes and how Rush worked. And so it's called Behind the Golden EIB Microphone. And you're going to be able to get this at RushLimbaugh.com. We're excited for this because James has worked very hard on this. With a, it's, it's just a labor of love for him. Uh, so you're going to hear about that. It will come up at uh, RushLimbaugh.com and then the release date. We'll talk to you about it and have some samples from it, et cetera. I think we'll have that. The next hour, every so often... Joe Biden is outside of the <laughs> I was just thinking of in um in in treatment centers sometimes there's this thing called uh arm length protocol and that is that you are never to be outside of the arm length of an adult or a caregiver and I don't find dementia funny because I've watched people suffer from it but every so often Joe Biden and his dementia get outside of arm's length of the handlers and they speak things like, 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 oh, Biden's saying, oh, yeah, that bin Laden thing. Yeah, it's, I was all over that. I love that. Or the, oh, at the, at the, at the border. Come on, man. That's a, that's a huge crisis. And then people need to walk that back. So we'll get into that next hour. We'll also great memory as Rush remembers what. Barack Obama said about Joe Biden in that situation. Remember that that iconic photo of the situation room when they were taking out bin Laden and, and Obama decided not to stand in the way of the troops being allowed to do that? So Rush will take us through that memory. So much more as we unfold the program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the only EIB Network. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 
G-O-L-D. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. A huge thank you to you and Team EIB. It's just an honor to do this. Be with you all week on these days. The Lord has made is a gift for us, opportunity for us to be grateful, even in times such as these. Um, have you seen anyone in the Mockingbird media or even non-Mockingbird ask about Joe Biden's cognitive abilities? And in a serious sense, that's it's look, if we remove ourselves from politics, that's that's so hard to do. It is. It is. I mean, it's it's a horribly difficult thing to say to somebody, even to say, are you sure that you can still drive? Because it's you know, we're meant to be we're designed to be free human beings moving about as we wish. And people who've had those conversations with loved ones, it's hard to have those conversations. And and I know that the Mockingbirds will bend over backwards to do anything and everything they can to help the people who are running Joe Biden achieve the ends that they seek because they're, you know, they're partners in the effort. They're they're fellow travelers, as it were. But has anyone seriously asked this, this honest question? Joe Biden didn't meet with the Japanese premier. Kamala Harris did that. And Kamala Harris is in charge of the border, but Kamala Harris has not gone to the border. And Joe Biden, when he meets with the press, is reading from guidebooks. And someone somewhere is making some decisions, and who is it? From time to time, you see Biden wanting to, as the left would say, lean into things. I always think about that event at the hardware store, which was just a photo op, and Biden was walking around, and I don't know what the point of that was. He's out. Look, he's in a hardware store. He must be okay. He's, he's buying hammers and such. I mean, who would let, you know, someone who's not okay to buy a hammer or a saw or sharp things? I mean, there's, you know, there's sandpaper. He could hurt himself. He's in, in, in a hardware store, and the photo op is wrapping up, and there's some guy there. It wasn't even a journalist, I think, who just wanted to say something to Joe Biden. And the cacophonous sound of his handlers screaming, press, press, press. It's because he may have spoken something. Who's running things? It's a serious question. Because now you have Biden, and you have to wonder, which is the moment of lucidity? 
Which which one is the silent lucidity? Someone somewhere just connected that to a, a band, the silent lucidity. So you have Biden saying two things at once, right? We have the 2012 version. We have the, the, the recent version. This is Biden in clip number eight talking about what he said about Osama bin Laden. I said, among with others, we'd follow Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell if need be. That's exactly what we did, and we got him. So, now, we can count along together. That's just that from clip number eight to this next one, we go back to 2012 in clip number nine. I said we owe the man a direct answer. Mr. President, my suggestion is don't go. We have to do two more things to see if he's there. <laughs> okay. So in the midst of two clips, which is eight years, nine years, the story has changed. And my question is, did it really change in his mind? Really? Because people like Hillary Clinton lie all the time. Joe Biden lies all the time. But you don't lie about things like this. Or, oh, my son was uh, the Attorney General of the United States of America. My deceased son was, uh, before he was the, uh, before he uh, invented the uh, Apple Fuji Macintosh machine, uh, then he was the Attorney General of the United States and, and, um, such and that the television show he had where he put people on desert what desert islands no that didn't happen dementia is not funny but i'm asking who runs the country that's all i just like to know who runs the country do you remember back in the day that barack obama had the fishy squad a squad called fishy if you see something fishy about obamacare report them on social media Will Barack Obama start a truth squad to counter Biden's dementia? Rush reminded us what Obama said about Biden's reluctance to capture or kill bin Laden. There's only one guy. There's only one guy who said we shouldn't go get bin Laden. You know who it was? It was Biden. Vice President Biden. I have the story. It was an ABC News story, and it's from... uh, January 30th of 2012, Joe Biden advised against the Osama bin Laden raid. Not Mitt Romney, not John McCain, not Jimmy Carter, but Joe Biden is the only guy that said, don't go get bin Laden. And Obama's out there ticking everybody off with this. So, you know, we are our choices, folks. Barack Hussein Obama chose to figuratively parade Osama bin Laden's dead body around the public square in an attempt to bring singular glory to himself. How pathetic. The guy they had to drag off the golf course. The UK Daily Mail, there's all kinds of uh, blog stories today, internet stories, with the picture of that great group of courageous heroes in the Situation Room watching the raid take place. The only person in that room who looks like she's even emotionally involved at all is Mrs. Clinton. She got her mouth covered by her hand. Her eyes are wide open. It's almost like she saw Bill come home at 6 o'clock at night for the first time in a long time. She can't believe it. Everybody else is just sitting there staring. And Obama is slumped down. He's, he's sitting lower in his chair than anybody in the room. They hustled him in from the golf course. They put a I'm president jacket on him. He's got his white golf shirt buttoned up to the top. 
underneath it. And he's looking there. Yes, Mr. President, this is a video feed of a military operation taking place that Mr. McRaven authorized two weeks ago that uh, we decided is go ahead and do it, is what that picture looks like. And this is Obama's kickoff to his campaign for re-election. The description, did you get it? <laughs> Even in serious moments, man, I'm telling you, it's such a different thing to, you know, ex- I experienced Rush my whole life as a listener. It's such a different thing with headphones on. Did you get the line? He's talking about the serious issue. It's almost like he's talking about Mrs. Clinton. It's almost like she saw Bill come at 6 o'clock at night for the first time in a long time. Politicians lie all the time. Hillary Clinton lied. I remember on 9-11, I was wondering where Chelsea was because, you know, she was she was overseas and, and I was so worried about her. And they went and checked her schedule. That, no. that Do you have a public schedule, Mrs. Clinton? She wasn't. They lie all the time. But is this lying? With Biden or is this Cognitive decline. These are serious questions. Someone is running the, as Joe would say, the operation. The operation being the United States of America, that operation. Maybe he doesn't remember who that is. It's not to be cruel. It's a serious question. Who's running things? You know, memories we're talking about, right? You have memories of family get-togethers. Remember when it was so easy without people, you know, being caused to be worried about getting together, getting people sick? I believe we'll be together again. I'm, I'm sure of it. Rush spoke about how cherished those memories and those moments are and what you can do to memorize all of them. Folks, we are sentimental people when it comes to cherished family memories. It's just who we are. You know, those moments... Shared together, they're photographed or videotaped, and oftentimes there's some very important stuff that happened. Family gatherings, big moments, birthday celebrations, weddings, reunions, all of them happy moments. Now, if somebody has recorded them on film or on videotape at some point in time, you're not going to be able to watch them anymore because the media is not going to be available like do you have a VHS player anymore? But how many VHS tapes you have in the attic? Do you have a Super 8 film projector to replay Super 8 movies that you made? Years and no, you don't because nobody does it anymore. So what do you need? Well, you need to get all those old tapes and films and still photographs. You need it all digitized. And you do that with Legacy Box. Legacy Box is the company that takes all those videotapes and film, carefully transfers them to computer files, and then onto DVDs, thumb drives, you name it, however you want it. If you want it as a downloadable file on a cloud server, they'll do that for you. Legacy Box has done this now for more than a million families, including many of you in this audience. In every case, it's done by hand. Legacy Box will ship you an actual box that's Shielded and protected so none of what you put in it is damaged. You fill that up with all these tapes and films and cassettes, and you send it away to them in Tennessee. And in a couple weeks' time, they return all of it, 
along with computer files or thumb drives. And they do high-speed dubbing. It maintains the original quality. You lose no quality in their transfer process. If you want DVDs, they'll do that. If you haven't done this yet, you have to start. You've got all that old stuff, media. You've got VHS or Betamax, Super 8, you name it. Get it transferred. Legacybox.com slash rush. That's how you get 40% off, by the way, right now. Legacybox.com slash rush. Legacy Box has done this for millions of families now. And think about that. Rush recognized this as an accomplishment for a whole lot of family movies. You can use the same trusted expertise and let your family benefit from their technology as well. Legacybox.com is the way to do that. We'll continue on the program with a look over at the response to the COVID flu. And it wouldn't be that they're trying to scare us, would it? We'll get to that next. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Um, do you get the Limbaugh letter? I just got my new, uh, uh, my, what do you call it, the edition, yeah, that came in the mailbox about a week ago. Read that, showed it to the family. This is another way to experience Rush. And you can get that at RushLimbaugh.com. And when I say that, it's that people experience Rush and writing in different ways. It's a great way to turn your liberal friends on to what Rush said and how he said it and, and it, leave it on the coffee table because they'll pick it up. And then when you come in, they'll pretend they're not reading it. Rushlimbaugh.com. Just go through a couple of headlines here. The young and healthy adults are deliberately going to be reinfected with COVID-19 <laughs> boost the vaccine development. And I will say a billion times that President Trump was obsessed with saving lives. He wanted this to move quickly. Don't move slowly. Let's move quickly. Because I think he was feeling the pressure of, my goodness, I'm being told by Tony Fauci that everybody will die. So we've got that. We have Barack Obama. Listen to this. For people who are reluctant about these mRNA injections, the wealthy and powerful are doing it. So should you. This does not convince people. Right? I have my own scientific doubts about that, and that's me. You be you. I agree with Rush that they shouldn't be compulsory, but now we get this. And this is so impressive from time to time. Bill Maher, from time to time, Bill Maher gets things right. He went out and praised Ron DeSantis. Because Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, did protect the vulnerable. He did. And he performed better than any governor in the country in terms of death rate and then reopening. And Ron DeSantis just said something incredibly important. He just said that the lockdowns were a terrible mistake. That is a presidential statement to admit that this was the wrong idea. The thing that drives me nuts and will always drive me nuts and will forever bother me is that so few Republicans came out in the states and said, wait a minute, why are we locking down schools but not pot shops? Why is that? Why is it that the COVID is not going to harm you in a Home Depot but if you walk across the street to the mom and pop hardware store, it will kill you dead. How is it that Republicans didn't 
stand to this and speak up against this and say there's there can be no scientific basis in this. And now, on an organized nationwide basis, they should be running on no lockdowns ever again for something like this. And Fauci continues to spin circles around himself. For instance, recently he said... Well, the reason that people should wear masks, even though they're, they're vaccinated, is because they could be sick and not know it. And, it, and, and they could have a version of, of the virus that, that uh, makes it around the tests. And, and they, could, they could get someone else sick and they, they could die. And, and so that's why they... I can also play you audio of Fauci saying, well, the fact is asymptomatic transmission of the virus is never really a driver of, of, of these... Uh, uh, of infections, and particularly if you're at a Black Lives Matter protest. Because if you're at a Black Lives Matter protest, then the virus knows, look, racial justice is a, this is a public health issue. And, and the COVID is many things, but it's not a racist. And this isn't material for Republicans to run on? Look, the fact is, SARS-CoV-2 is a real thing. Okay, it can lead to COVID-19, a virus from which 99.87% of people recover. But the technocrats and the leftist response to this has been based upon a complete reversal of scientifically rigorous best practices to the point of absurdities, like pretending the COVID flu will only make you sick in restaurants after 10 p.m. Now they want to lock down churches and small businesses and schools because of so-called climate change. So the virus is real. It's a real thing. It's a respiratory virus. The lockdowns and what they're putting us through now with all these new messagings about the variants. The part of this that drives me so phenomenally crazy is on one hand, you have authoritarian technocrats waving their degrees around and saying the new variants, they're they're more contagious than anybody can go look up the history of upper respiratory viruses and learn these are called extinction bursts. The virus becomes more contagious as it becomes more deadly. Anybody can read this. So on one hand, they wave these degrees around. They, they bring Fauci, well, this is a very complicated thing. Uh, you know, the masks may not work, but the virus, it respects optics. It's, uh, it, it wants good PR. They're, they have that. Then they turn to the World Health Organization, turned to who? Now, see, that's bad. World Health Organization turned to whom to make a statement about vaccine equity? They, they turned to Greta Thunberg, who has transferred her teenage expertise from the climate to vaccine equity. And we're not supposed to notice the swindle afoot that now it's. We need to lock schools and churches and small businesses down because of climate change. We're not supposed to notice any of this. As Joe Biden's so-called COVID relief bill handed out money to bankrupt unions and government pensions programs. We're not supposed to notice. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. From the Washington Examiner, continuing our discussion about the response to the COVID, now to the media response. And you are going to hear, I just like to say magnum opus because I've never had one. It's cool. It's my magnum opus. Rush had magnum opi. <laughs> You're going to hear Rush at his very best, in my judgment, talking about human psychology. We'll get to that because it is so 
important to take those words and compare it to what you're about to hear from the Washington Examiner. From them, a CNN technical director admits to pushing panic about the COVID flu and using the death tracker to do it. This is the same CNN that pretended President Trump was a Russian mole, Russian asset. This is the same CNN that hid and then decried as as a conspiracy theory the Hunter Biden news. This is the same CNN who, in, in my judgment, this is a human rights crime. And that Fauci didn't correct this on the spot is such an indictment of the deep state that they um, they didn't correct CNN on the hydroxychloroquine hoax. Fauci himself said, well, it's, it's a paraphrase in 2005. Hydroxychloroquine is it's great. It's part therapeutic and part vaccine. About hydroxychloroquine and upper respiratory viruses. An undercover journalist with Project Veritas got from CNN technical director Charlie Chester. COVID gangbusters with ratings rights, which is why we constantly have the death toll on the side. It's fear. Fear really drives numbers. Fear is the thing that keeps you tuned in. This is from the same network that Project Veritas has audio. They say that people are saying, yeah, 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 we're in this to get Trump out of office. They traumatize people. I just took screenshots. And I'm going to I just grab these screenshots almost just to have of the CNN homepage traumatizing people. It's almost impossible to look at their website without trauma. Here, elected officials and voting rights group testify in the Senate on efforts to restrict voting rights. World records most cases ever in a single week. Yeah, the virus becomes more contagious and less deadly. Bush describes GOP as isolationist, protectionist, and to a certain extent nativist. Waters comments on Chauvin trial pour fuel on the fire and expose Republican hypocrisy. You go through their website, it is trauma, trauma, trauma. Be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. Now we get to Rush. I remember hearing this when Rush spoke these words. October 22nd, 2019 is what this comes from. You wonder why I tell you you should subscribe to Rush 24-7? Rush was absolutely an expert on human psychology. Listen here to the Maha talk about how the left slowly reprograms people's brains to think about worst-case scenarios and death. Project Veritas recently exposed the fruits of their labor from 2019. There was a story over the weekend, some U.K. newspaper reporting on some study by some outfit that looks at the human brain. And the point of the story was that they were all amazed, all these researchers were amazed, that they found somewhere in the human brain something that wipes out all thoughts of personal death. Let me see if I can explain this to you in the profundity that it was reported. Now, I don't want to be accused of being negative here, but there is one reality that we all face. What is it? We're going to die. We don't know when and we don't know how. But we are all going to die. Now, many on the left are actually trying 
to counter that. You can stall it. You can delay it. You maybe can prevent it if and then do these crazy wacko things. But this story pointed out that the human brain is a marvel of brilliance in itself because while we all know we're going to die, we think it's not going to happen to us for most of our lives. It's something that happens to other people, but it's not going to happen to us. And, you know, if it weren't that way, we would all be quivering masses of jelly from the moment we are old enough to realize we're going to die. That's a very powerful reality to face. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. What if it dominated every day? What if it consumed you? What if that's all you could think about? What if it turned you suicidal? What if it turned you negative? But it doesn't because somehow the brain has this structure that wipes all thoughts of personal death. I read that and I stopped to think about it and I said, you know, they might be on to something. They went on to say that the brain, the average human brain, performs in a way that all living people think death is something that happens to other people. Now, this is not to say people were stupid or that were robots. It's actually much more, I think, poignant and brilliant than that. It's a reality we can't deny. We all know it. But what if that's all we thought about all the time? But we don't. In fact, we put it aside. It doesn't dominate the normal psychologically developed brain or person. Well, my point in bringing this up is the left has found a way to turn that off in people. The left has actually succeeded in forcing a bunch of young people to think constantly about the fact they're going to die. We are, we're seeing the impact. Of it. We're seeing what happens when a human brain gets reprogrammed with the idea that death is imminent every day. What does it do to people? It turns them into immediate victims. It turns them into big-time supporters of gigantic big government looking for ways to save us. Stop climate change. Stop this. Stop that. We're going to die. It's classic, I think. It was an eye-opening thing for me when I came across this story. The left has found a way to counteract the normal function of the human brain, which is to wipe all thoughts of personal death And they have found a way to overwrite that in such a way that their adherents think of nothing but their own death. And who's going to be responsible for it? Now, if you knew you were going to die, let's make you an adult, you're 21. Somebody came along and said, you're going to die when you are 82. Guaranteed. You'd live your life a much different way than if somebody came along and told you you're going to die when you're 30. And this is what the left is doing. The left is convincing more and more young people that they're dead. They're dead. Unless, unless we get rid of fossil fuels. Unless we find a way to colonize Mars. I think the left is expanding the number of cases of teenage and young adult depression and other psychological diseases by finding ways of overcoming the natural protective mechanism in the brain that makes most people not confront the fact they're going to die day in and day out. Something that happens to other people. It's a shame when it, oh, isn't that so bad?
go to funerals, do everything about it. But it's it's another one of these things, by the way, that makes me believe in God. If I, I don't want to get too deep here, but it's another one of those things that, and there are countless little things like this that add to my instinctive belief in God. Some days this stuff amuses me, folks. And in other days, when I take it too seriously, it really infuriates me. When I stop to think how literally damaging and poisonous to everybody the left is as they stop at nothing to spread their sick political ideology throughout the known worlds of humanity. You see the comparison directly to what CNN is doing to traumatize people about the COVID flu. Now the need to lock down because of the weather. And this morning I saw the saddest thing that just speaks to this. A person very evidently homeless coming out from the literal railroad track area. Very dirty. Very in need of food. I, I wish I'd stopped. I didn't, quote, have time. In need of food and shelter but with a filthy woke mask around his face. This is the left, folks, and that was Rush Limbaugh. We'll come back on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Normally do a radio show in Seattle at a place called KTTH if you want to try it. It's a cooking show. It's not really. So welcome to the program, Tim in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tim, you're on Rush Limbaugh's program. Todd Herman, your guide host. Welcome, Tim. Thank you, God host. I'm a Rush Limbaugh <laughs> from '86. Nice. I'm a little nice. bit. I'm a little bit off topic, and it may take me just a second to kind of explain and, and kind of tie things together. So, if you be patient with me, I'd like a, a minute or two. Uh, I'm a, I'm about the deep state, not a Washington D.C. I'm about the deep state of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I preface it this way: the Democrat Party has been in complete control of Minneapolis, Minnesota, for 57 years. You understand that? Yep. 1973 was the last Republican mayor in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know how long this mayor served in Minneapolis, Minnesota? This current mayor? No, the mayor of 1973, who was the last Republican mayor wow. in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wow. You know how long he served? I don't. One day, <laughs> and the Democrats. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We got him over the barrel, Todd. The, the, the Democrats impeached him after one day. And ever since 73, the Democrats have been in charge of the mayor, of the district attorney, of the police union, of, of the police chief, of all the city council, of Choosing all the policemen. They're also, Governor Waltz is serving his second term as governor of Minnesota. And guess who his uh, state attorney general is? Just a oh, while yeah. Oh, no, no. He's the Antifa fan. He's, uh, now you're going to make me remember his name, and I can't, but he, he's, he's got his picture I, taken I, with Antifa. Spencer, Spencer Elliott. Oh, okay. Spencer Elliott. Get that. A D.C. corrupt senator politician is now running the state of Minnesota as their district attorney, their governor, and they're in charge of their mayors since 1973. Todd, if that is not a deep state corrupt <laughs> Democrat party, 
that not? And no, let's, it, let's play politics by their rule, bit, rule book, Todd. We had some Patriots or Antifa or shut down D.C. Uh, tear up the Capitol on January the 6th. Although George Soros, Nancy Pelosi, all knew they were coming. So they just dressed up there shut down D.C. They had terrorized the country all summer, all fall. They even Trump even had to put the National Guard in front of the White House as they burned down a church across the street. So, so the Democrats have been infested in yep. Washington, D.C. all for nine months, shutting it down, burning, looting, whatever. And and they knew that Trump and the Patriots were coming to Washington, D.C. Right. So here's and, my point. Okay. George Floyd was killed on Memorial Day weekend. You understand that? I do. He was killed on Memorial Day weekend. The deep state, the Democrat deep state, of Minneapolis, Minnesota, was in charge. You know, like you were talking about. Of everything. The operation. Who controls the operation? You were speaking of Obama and Washington, D.C. Right. And Biden. It, who controls and, the operation? Absolutely. So you get to this point, and it's this, and look, it's a brilliant way that you unfolded it. And you get to the same conclusion with... What happens in the cities of Seattle and Portland and New York, that the Democrats own the outcome because they've never changed their policies, because they've never stopped promoting crime and defending it, such. It's a brilliant, brilliant point, and I wish we had more time together. Thank you for that, Tim. They do own the outcome of this. They absolutely do. And incidentally, we should have called Tim. No more Greg from EIB came up with this. No more callers. Because the Biden administration changed all the words, all the phrases for what we call illegal immigrants. Now it's non-citizen or migrant. They changed all these words. And while they're getting caught up in language, more people continue to flood the border. And agents are encountering a record number of families and kids. And Hannity interviewed former President Trump last night on Fox. And he said, among other things, that all Biden had to do was leave his policies in place and the situation wouldn't be so dire. All he had to do was leave it alone. If he left it alone... We were setting record positive numbers and people would have to come in legally. And, you know, the other thing that people don't talk about, human trafficking and drugs, that's doubled, tripled and quadrupled coming in because that's pouring in right now. Drugs are pouring in. We had it so tight. We were doing so well. All he had to do is leave it alone. And Rush talked about the language aspect of this when Biden was VP with a caller back in 2010. This may be where another historic Rushism was born, undocumented Democrats. Mike, in St. Louis, you are on the Rush Limbaugh program. Hi. Rush, you've mentioned uh, many times that if the illegal aliens were Republican voters, they'd be out of the country by now. Uh, yep. (laughs) You know, and as you always say, words have meaning. So that's led me to start thinking of these um, illegal aliens as um, illegal Democrats. Works for me. Your memory is right. Here's the thing. If the polls said that 70% of the illegals are going to vote for Republican, the Democrats would have already built a, a high-speed railroad train all the way down to Peru to get them out of here. They'd have been long gone years ago. There's yeah. no question. So you want to call them illegal Democrats just to make the point. Just to reinforce in some people's mind who think that it's not kind uh, the way we're treating them. Well, they're only here for a better life. Yes. Okay, I I like that. Undocumented Democrats, because that's really what they are. Uh They're undocumented Democrats. They're future Democrat voters. That's why the move is being made. Largest voter registration drive in history. 
You have given me an idea. Undocumented Democrats. That's what they... Right on, right on, right on. (laughs) Way to go. Mike in St. Louis. Excellent idea. Memorialized. You, Mike, program participant, Health Rush Invent Award. We'll come back on the EIB Network. You will remember when Apple and Google got together to ban this uh, free speech platform called Parler, which is a competitor to the odious hate machine created by Jack Dorsey called Twitter and and Facebook, who busily disappear. I just did the day. They just disappeared. This audio I was talking earlier about Tony Fauci saying asymptomatic transmission never drives I- infections. They disappeared that and Parler, you know, got knocked off those platforms. Their apps got removed from the stores. And then the most amazing thing happened. Apple blinked. Parler's back. But what about the timing of this? Why did Apple blink? It's all in the timing. We'll explain it next. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Oh, it's just such a pleasure to be with you as we take uh, today's news stories 
And it's it's effortless for me. <laughs> it's certainly not effortless for Team EIB, who has 30 years of archives of Russia's work to take as we compare it to today's news. But it just seems so natural. And it's a pleasure to be with you, 800-282-2882. This is a day that the Lord has made for all of us. Opportunity to be grateful, even in times such as these. And we, we, I know every generation thinks they live in extraordinary times. Um, we talked last hour. I teased this story about Apple and Parler and about big tech. And we're going to get to Rush talking about Ron DeSantis and big tech. It happens that Apple reversed its ban on Parler. This is from The Verge. Parler is a competitor to the hate machine of Jack Dorsey called Twitter. Um, The censorship machine of Mark Zuckerberg called Facebook. And if you doubt that, you think that's an, an exaggeration. There's audio I play in my show in Seattle that I love to play of Mark Zuckerberg speaking privately with his staff talking about the mRNA injections and saying, he says, Mark Zuckerberg, I'm concerned about what this effect will have on our DNA. You will be banned from Facebook for saying that. Zuckerberg says it in private. And these platforms are so powerful. The, 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 it's, it's great that there is a competitor parlor. And what's happened There's a timing issue to this. The interim CEO of Parler, Mark Meckler, said that they, in a statement, we worked to put in place systems that will better detect unlawful speech and allow users to filter content undesirable to them while maintaining our strict prohibition against content moderation based on viewpoint. So Apple reversed its ban. It's back in the Apple store. However, there's something else to this. There's a timing issue. It was a couple of days before a hearing in Congress about Apple's behavior. Because in my judgment, they clearly banned Parler because people were discussing election integrity. Most of the planning for January 6th went on in Facebook and Twitter. Just like the planning for the riots to come go on on Facebook and Twitter. So it's great to see them win this victory. And I've got a lot to say about tech because I worked in it for so long. I want to get to this. Rush Limbaugh was too powerful and too beloved to ever be effectively banned. It wouldn't work. But Rush knew full well that the efforts the left has put into destroying any platform they don't control. And he was very, very happy with Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, who understands the technocrats and their attempts to rule us. Ron DeSantis. This guy has got what we call... An iron-enforced spine, the governor of Florida. In a 45-minute speech this morning, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, identified big tech companies as the leading threat to American democracy and freedom of expression today and pledged that Florida Republicans would take action. He accused the tech giants of clear viewpoint discrimination, highlighting the censorship of Donald Trump and the removal of Parler from the Internet and Apple and Google-controlled app stores. He said the core issue here is this. Are consumers going to have the choice 
to consume the information they choose or are oligarchs in Silicon Valley going to make those choices for us. No group of people should exercise such power, especially not tech billionaires in Northern California. And man, oh man, is that right. And tell me, where else do you hear anybody speaking out like in government? Yeah, you have some op-ed writers, some other people speaking out on this, but this, you don't hear elected officials so much. Some members of Congress do. This is when Democrats control Washington. The propaganda arm of the Democrat Party has never been more powerful than today. And don't forget that they've got Antifa and Black Lives Matter soldiers as their military arm. Republicans who do not cave to the extraordinary pressure exerted on them in Washington today. You know who they are? They're tomorrow's leaders. Republicans who do not cave to all of this are tomorrow's leaders. Trump is the model going forward. Yes, sirree, my friends. Donald Trump is the model. You find something interesting, they're going to continue whatever they think they have to do to destroy the guy, to impugn the guy, to ruin the guy, his family, supporters. They're not going to let up on the gas. Just amazing. So here's Miranda Devine and Facebook's squad of thought police is her piece. She says, when you see him speak, it's hard to believe that such a gormless geek as Mark Zuckerberg may be the most powerful person in the free world. But socially inept tech oligarchs now wield unprecedented power to censor political thought and speech, and they are transforming America into an authoritarian surveillance state. For now, and that's the key in that sentence, for now, it is conservatives that they are silencing and demonizing in partnership with the Democrat Party. For now. But after a while, when they think that they've finished that, they're going to move on to whoever else is insolent. And they're going to begin to demonize and silence that group. Who will it be? We don't know. But they're not going to stop exercising this power they have simply by vanquishing conservatives. This kind of power you have fun using. And they're going to be doing it day in and day out. Now, we already know Silicon Valley leans left. But the partisan power of big tech was laid bare this month when they acted in concert to censor Donald Trump and his 74 million voters and then crushed free speech competitor Parler. Now Facebook has turbocharged its woke corporate agenda with a new vice president of civil rights. An Obama administration alumnus obsessed with systemic police racism and a global oversight board of retired politicians and human rights activists paid to rubber stamp Facebook's crackdown on conservatives, a.k.a. domestic terrorists. From Rush's words to now, Ron DeSantis, who he just praised, Ron DeSantis has set up an alternative video channel on Rumble.com, which is an alternative to YouTube. Why? Because YouTube disappeared. A, a panel discussion, a series of panel discussions between Ron DeSantis and world-renowned 
epidemiologists and immunologists who don't hold to Google's view that everybody should be forced to have a COVID vaccine. Pass. The passports. We've played Russia's words warning us. And this was about the piece of paper we were supposed to carry. I can imagine what the Maha is thinking in heaven about the literal vaccine passports now, the, 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 the digital versions. And because they don't agree with lockdowns, they disappeared a discussion between a governor of one of the most populous states in the country, legendary, credentialed, non-controversial medical scientific experts who point to 100 years, 100 years of rigorous scientific examination of responses to upper respiratory viruses, like the Spanish flu, that that is still in the air. We all get that, right? That's not gone. There's no zero Spanish flu. We grew to have actual herd immunity to it because our bodies were allowed to work. I mentioned at the top of this segment of Russia's program that we live in extraordinary times. I am so proud that I got to be with my young producer. My young producer is 21 years old. His name is Alex Overall, my show in Seattle. I am so very proud that I got to be with Alex one morning as he and I were doing show prep. And we were gathering video of doctors who objected to the lockdowns, the selective lockdowns of small businesses, churches, and schools, while pot stores and abortionists were allowed to run wild. I'm so proud I got to be with Alex that morning. That was year and you know almost a year ago or over that. As one after another of those videos got disappeared. And Alex had to chase them down on YouTube. And, well, here's this doctor. And now it's gone. And then the doctors were on Fox News. And it got disappeared from YouTube. And then disappeared from Facebook. And books are getting disappeared. And the, in terms of Rush saying that they're only going after conservatives now. No, no, no. They're offer, also going after so-called radical feminists who object to gender ideology. And they're going after radical mothers who object to the, the, the sexualization of their kids with, with these insane so-called sex ed platforms. I got to be there as a young patriot, watched the result of big government, the thing about which he was warned. We live in extraordinary times, extraordinary moments to say to young people, like that video game? Want to keep it? Vote conservative. If not, you'll never have choices like that again. A new podcast is coming. You got to hear the details. It involves Rush Limbaugh and someone who may have known more about how this show works than any living human being. I'll tell you the details when we continue. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Thank you to the amazing team that puts this together, Team EIB. And speaking of that, the EIB Network is going to introduce a new podcast series in May. It's hosted by James Golden, who you know as Bo Schnurdly, the official program observer, the show's call screener, also at one point the official Obama criticizer. He may well be the most informed human being on behind-the-scenes activity of Russia's radio program. And the podcast is called The Man Behind the Golden EIB Microphone. And it's going to be available on iHeartRadio, wherever you find your favorite podcast. 
It takes you behind the scenes for an intimate look at the way Rush operated, gives you a sense of how Rush changed America as we know it with that golden EIB microphone. And this debuts less than a month from now on Wednesday, May 12th. It's sponsored by Tunnel to Towers and MyPillow, two sponsors of this radio program and friends of EIB. And just as a personal note to this, James is one heck of a storyteller. You are going to love this. It's going to be a treat. The same, I am a little bit obsessed right now with the CNN homepage. I keep checking back to see the new panic buttons they're pressing into people. Here's a couple. The trouble with maskless tourists. <gasps> How to protect yourself against the more contagious coronavirus variants. <gasps> Vaccine passports, a technical issue, not an ideological one. <gasps> Traumatizing people. Meanwhile, you have the World Health Organization who literally, literally changed their website to turn herd immunity into a wacky theory. Oh, some uh, some bitter clinging Christians and wacky observant Jews, and they all think that God gave us these immune systems. They don't have that. It's you, only you're immune if you have a vaccine passport. It's amazing to watch what CNN does to people. Let's talk to Kelly in Ogden, Utah. Kelly, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week. Welcome from beautiful Ogden. Well, thank you very much. Um, I want to first say that I want to thank you for your frequent and continuous honor to God, our Creator, and that the fact that He's in control, that we get these uh, new days every day because of His sovereignty. Well, thank hey, you. That preface being said, well, I called in once before, you know, I had a little talk about uh, the disastrous effects that this philosophy of evolution has on our country and on, on a culture worldwide. I wanted to roll back a few paragraphs when you were talking about the rule of law being exercised in this Minnesota case. Mm-hmm. And I would submit that the rule of law uh, died about 150 years ago. It was about 15 years after... Darwin's book, Origin of Species, which, by the way, nobody ever says the full title, The Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection or the Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life. So that's a concept that's rooted in in racism and the pernicious effect that it's had that about 15 years after that that was uh, published, Harvard Law School started teaching case law instead of Uh, rule of law. So cases are adjudicated by how did a similar case get ruled on in the past. And so that's really an evolutionary concept at, at its base. And so we've gotten so far away, really, from what does the law say and how did they rule last time? Right. I did that in about one breath. Right, and we've gotten away also from from natural law, and we've gotten away from natural consequences of acting against the natural law, and we've gotten away from the natural order of things. And the natural order of things, and I will contend this forever. I think that if you know, and I I really believe that if you study Judaism, you, you study Christianity, you'll see a God that is pro freedom, but you'll also see an order to things. And you can remove, you know, for folks who are not religious, it's not a religious program, then I'm not qualified to preach, maybe you are. If you just look at the order of things, the order of the universe, the order of our DNA, the order of our chromosomes, 
the the clear separation in the species, the the function of things like a cell being reinvented. It, you, you know, you, you, your cell does a job, it dies, it can be reinvented, recycled, and made into it was a fingernail cell. Now it's in your heart. You look at that. You look at right and wrong, day and night. There's this order, and one side, Kelly, one side of the political equation is attempting to install disorder. And in biological entities, disorder is called disease, and it leads to death. And in our country, we have one side of the political spectrum seeking to install disorder at every level of our combined existence as human beings. So I would say that's also not just a departure from, but an attack on natural law. It's a great call, Kelly. I'm glad that you waited to say that. Great to connect with you again. Thank you for calling from Utah. Let's switch over and talk to Drew in Elkhart, Indiana. Drew, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. We've got about a minute and a half together. Drew, graduated. Welcome. Thanks, Todd. It's great talking with you. Good to be on the program. And uh, all you hosts are doing a great job carrying on Rush's legacy. Um, I wanted to call because I heard about Joe on TV talking to the media about um, after the jury went into sequestering. Uh, uh, he said he hopes for the right verdict. Now, I just don't understand why he would say that other than to create some type of division. Uh, that does not seem like the right thing to say. You would say that hopefully the law, you know, makes the right choice or, you know, but not they make the right decision. That just does not sound right to me. Well, and you're talking when you're talking about Joe, you're talking about the guy who lives in the White House behind the militarized fence. Yeah, Joe Biden. Yes, yes. right. The, okay, that Joe. I wanted to make sure. And, and here's the thing: President Trump, on occasion, would criticize judges or juries or give his opinion on things, and the press would go apoplectic. Not only are they defending the Mockingbird media is defending um, Maxine Waters, as Rush called her, anti-Maxine demanding violence if they don't get a second-degree murder conviction. Now you have Joe Biden's dementia saying he wants to hear the right verdict on this, and it is not going to be treated the same. And this is in the midst of as cities have been burning, as Brooklyn Center has been being burned down, with 15,000 National Guard being called out now, not just in, in, in Minnesota, but now in Chicago, 15,000 National Guardsmen have been pulled out to guard these cities. Everybody knows what's coming, and you know what is so sad to me? No one is more aware of it than the people in that jury room. Faced with the decision, from the letter of the law, Derek Chauvin did not commit second-degree murder. Maybe some lesser charges, although I think reasonable doubt exists there. They know they can convict him of something that he didn't do letter of the law, or they can let cities burn. I just pray for their well-being. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. And speaking of you know, Rush's excellence, he knew how misbalanced Silicon Valley was. I want to get into that in a study from the Media Research Center. Speaking of that misbalance, I'm going to take a quick phone call from Kevin in Florida. Kevin, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host. Hi, Kevin. Hi, uh, Todd. Uh, so glad to talk to you. Um, I want to make your day a little bit. Uh, I was a Rush listener, and uh, his passing is 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 very sad. There's nobody that's ever going to replace him. But I got to tell you, of all the substitute hosts that have been on uh, his show, uh, I think you're the best. And uh, I, your continuity of thought and 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 subject matter. 
you you bring something up, you go through it entirely, very clearly, very swiftly, and uh, you have a gift like he did. Uh, and uh, no, no, I, I no, no, just no. wanted I, you to know that, brother. I got to stop you there. No one has a gift like he did. And, Kevin, that is a very kind thing for you to say, and I want to make sure that you and I hear each other. There will never be another rush or anyone who ever comes close, and I want you to know something. Um, Of all of us who fill in and guide this program, there isn't a a host I listen to um, that that gets to do this that I don't just stand in awe of, of the talent. We all come at this from a different angle. And everybody who does this gets to do this because they are masters at their craft. And I could go through in detail my appreciation for each of the guide hosts and their particular sets of skills. It's very, very kind of you to say that. It, it, it begins to hurt me when I hear a comparison uh, to the Maha uh, because it, it can't be. And there's only one. And only one ever gets to be the best and the greatest. And it's so kind of you to say and, you know, someday, maybe one day we'll just get us all together, all the guide hosts, and just have a, you know, a big discussion or a big group show or something. I'd love to do that. Very kind of you. Thank you very much for the phone call, Kevin. God go with you. Appreciate that. Uh, we're talking about, you'll hear me use the phrase mockingbird media. Mockingbird media means something to me. Here's, here's my definition of the mockingbird media. Tell me if this seems familiar to you or if this well describes what you see. The mockingbird media repeats and amplifies the words of technocrats like Mark Zuckerberg, statists like, well, name the Democrat, and leftists without any skepticism. So if Tony Fauci one day says, well, the fact is yellow shirts have been known for many years to be a protectant against sunburn." And then the next day, Tony Fauci says, well, I'll be wearing yellow shirts to protect yourself from a sunburn. That's, I mean, that's, that might make people feel better, but yellow shirts are, are not known to do that. Whatever Fauci says that day is the truth. Well, it's not really, you know, people shouldn't be afraid of the COVID. It's, you know, if I were a young person, I'd probably take a cruise to Italy right now. Shift gears. Look, this disease, it, it doesn't pick and choose. Everybody is at risk. The truth is what he says. That's the Mockingbird Media. And they shift without shame. The, the Media Research Center just did a report, a study, the first 100 days in office. Biden enjoyed 56% positive message. Trump was slammed with 89% negative press. The Media Research Center is, they put up newsbusters.org, still an unbelievably great resource if you want to understand the Mockingbird Media. Now, we heard earlier... Rush praised Ron DeSantis for going after the technocrats, right? Just mentioned technocrats. America's enduring anchorman also reminded us of how Google rigs the media game with search. 96% of Google search results for Trump news are from liberal media outlets. This probably doesn't come as a surprise, but it's now been documented in a couple of different research projects. Social media companies are the are the new battleground for media bias. It is because of the reach they have. Uh, you know, Facebook, one and a half billion people. Twitter is not far behind. You throw Google with their search engine and YouTube in there. And there is at 
active suppression of conservatism and conservatives on all of these platforms. There is not an engagement of ideas. There is an elimination of ideas. This is exactly what has been happening. Uh, People from the McCain wing of the party, we need to cross the aisle. We need to debate. We need to show that we can work together and compromise. We need to prove that we can make Washington and government work. I always said they're not interested in compromising with us. They don't want any debate. They don't want a level playing field. They don't want us on the playing field. Well, that is exactly what's happening on social media. There isn't this vibrant, so-called beautiful, wonderful smorgasbord of ideas where people get to exchange and debate and expand their minds. There is an ongoing effort to eliminate anything that is not from the liberal order which would mean eliminating conservatives, conservatism, conservative sites, conservative results in search engines. I know it's not news to you that this has been going on, but official research now has documented 96% of Google search results. Just put Trump in the search field. 96% of the results will be from liberal media outlets. You will not find on the first one, two to three pages any conservative site. Now you sophisticated enough and and aware enough to recognize that. We'll see it. But how about the average ordinary people that just are not policy wonks and they think whatever they see on the Internet is true and whatever Google produces is, is accurate. It is a massive effort being undertaken that has as its purpose the elimination of conservatism by simply pretending it doesn't exist. Project Veritas, their secret videos at Twitter proving that they engage in shadow banning. And now if you mention that, if you bring that up, people start poo-pooing you and laughing. What do you mean, shadow banning? You're crazy. You don't know what you do. Shadow banning is very simple. You're a conservative. You post something on Twitter, and nobody says it. Twitter blocks it. Twitter, it does not go to the list of people you send it to. It doesn't go to your followers. They just block it, except you don't know. You don't know it hasn't gone anywhere, and the people you sent it to never see it. It never arrives. It never shows up in their feed. Voila, they have shadow banned you. And this is a rising practice that's taking place. It's happening at Facebook. Shadow banning is specific to uh, to Twitter. This has caused a response. President Trump, a couple of tweets, Google search results for Trump News shows only the viewing reporting of fake news media. In other words, they have it rigged for me and others so that almost all stories and news about me is bad. Fake CNN is prominent. Republican, conservative, and fair media is shut out. Is this illegal? 96% of results on Trump news are from national left-wing media. Very dangerous. Google and others are suppressing the voices of conservatives and hiding information and news that is good. They're controlling what we can and cannot see. It's a very serious situation. Will be addressed. What's he going to do about it? No, no, I'm sure. How's he going to fix this? I mean, these people, you can't go at them on the First Amendment. They're not government. They can do what they want. They can run their businesses however they want. If they want to engage in a mass sanctioning of conservatives and conservatism, I mean, in in the general sense, they can do it. What, what would force their hand is public pressure, financial pressure, uh, or what have you. But they're not going to get any pressure from other leftists. Other leftists are applauding this. This is exactly what liberalism is. It's, it's not 
something that relishes the idea of debate. They want to eliminate any and all opposition. They want to have to deal with it, period. There is no just opposition. There is nothing other than what they believe. And it's a nuisance to have to put up with it and admit it. So we'll see uh, the president's promising some kind of action uh, on this. In fact, from the Washington Examiner, Trump threatens action against Google for rigged search results. So I guess the president is using Twitter now as a bully pulpit to bring attention to an extremely important and and it, it is dangerous. Social media companies are censoring mainstream political thinkers and writers and elected officials, conservatives. And it's just it's evidence, again, that the left cannot prevail, even in their own minds, without cheating. They cannot thrive, survive, or win without cheating. And they now have built up these social media platforms that are so huge that their opportunity to cheat is massive each and every day. There it is. Once again, see the tie-in. That's why I tell you it's easy for me to do. It's the team EIB that needs to dig through the archives of 30 years of wisdom like this. And us, like the guide hosts, we just sit and talk about it with you. We come back, really serious circumstance in Long Island, New York. There was a shooting at a, at a grocery store. Apparently the shooter's on the loose. But but the so-called governor, Andrew Cuomo, just said something that is just going to reveal the insanity of that party. We'll get to that as we continue. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. There's been a shooting in um, New York at uh, Long Island a grocery store. One person has lost their life. May God help their family. Two wounded. I just hope God is with them. Uh, this just reveals the the, the blanket just uh, insanity of leftist policies. Governor Andrew Cuomo said, The New York State Police have been directed to assist local authorities in the search for the perpetrator. My team and I are in constant contact with the first responders on the ground, the governor said. I'm praying for the victims. My heart breaks for their families and their loved ones. And I will add, my policies will see to it that the shooter, when brought in, can get out without bail. This has been just, I just read, just saw the story the other day, a legal insurrection. A person accused of attempting to kill an undercover Asian cop in a hate crime, the judge had to let him go. The judge said, I'm, I'm powerless. The, the new no bail law means I'm powerless. So it's a cycle of insanity, and it never ends. So we can all take a deep exhale together, because fortunately, we have EIB high notes which is the way that we take great memories of Rush and compare them to today's news, things that, that just made him happy. There's a World War II memorial that's been open to the public in Washington, D.C. They did some really cool one-day flyovers. And you've ever seen, I just will never forget, I had the fortunate honor to be in D.C. the weekend they officially opened the World War II memorial. To see these men and women come and see the memorial, which is, by the way, the World War II memorial is almost completely privately funded, which was why it was obscene when Obama shut it down or tried to. And then the World War II vets, like, we stormed the beaches at Normandy. You think some barricades are going to keep us out? Nope. They kicked them over, went and saw the memorial. So the World War II memorial one has opened. World War I memorial is open. And 
Like, it, it opened to the public on Saturday. There's this special ceremony on Friday. Like I said, it included a military flyover, something that always deeply moved Rush. So for today's EIB high note, let's listen together as a family while Rush describes the impact flyovers had on him. It was a tribute to all of the branches of the United States military, featuring either armaments such as tanks, Bradley vehicles, uh, helicopters, stealth bombers, fighter jets, the F-22 Raptor, the Blue Angels. And, folks, I have to tell you, by the time the, the, the Blue Angels flew over, which was one of the finale events, I literally, and I haven't done this in I don't know how long, I was standing up, and I literally, I started choking up. When I start to cry, I try not to. I don't know why. I just try to, to choke it back, not cry. No, 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 no. It's not a real men don't cry. That's not that. It's just I, I choke it back. I don't, I don't like crying. I couldn't stop it. When those jets flew over, I felt an immense pride, and I could envision the pilots in those, in those jets. And I started imagining what it must be like for them to be on that team. I got choked up a couple of times uh, during some of the the military flybys. But when the Blue Angels came over, when the Battle Hymn of the Republic, when the Army Chorus sang that, I just, I lost it. That song, I remember George W. Bush had Pope Benedict into Washington for a quasi-state visit on his birthday. And they played the Battle Hymn of the Republic, and it moves me every time I hear it. And I'm sitting there choking back tears, and I finally just stopped trying to choke them back, and I just let them happen. And it was the feeling of pride, just abject pride. I felt like I was in one of those Blue Angels jets. I felt like I knew the people in them. I felt like they were friends. I felt like that we were all on the same team. And I imagine that they felt a swelling pride within themselves to be part of the event, as did everybody, not just the Blue Angels. I mentioned the Blue Angels because they were close to the finale, but the Coast Guard did a flyby. The Air Force did a flyby. The Navy did a flyby before the Blue Angels. There were helicopters, any number of aircraft. And they were all timed to great historical achievements by each of the branches of the U.S. military. It brings just a little comfort to know that Rush is closer to those jets now. And maybe, maybe just got to be part of that flyover this last week. And there'll be a link to that video of the ceremony over at RushLimbaugh.com in the near future. We'll come back, wrap up today's show on the EIB Network. So tomorrow on the program, we will dig into this interview that President Trump did with Sean Hannity, including something that the left is trying to hit the president on. President Trump said he's giving very serious thought to running in 2024, but didn't want to say anything for a legal basis. Tomorrow, I'll explain to you why, once again, it's like the eucalyptus trees, it's like hydroxychloroquine, it's these things. He's, he's exactly right to be saying that, but of course, they're going to make a huge deal about this. Today, we covered so much ground on Russia's show. And we also got to hear Rush remind us about, like, his optimism. We did a segment where he talked about the human psychology of believing everyone else is going to die but not us. And that that was one of the reasons that Rush believed in God. I am still struck by, every time I hear the the recent programs of Rush, that this man knew what was coming and yet never feared. How was it? Never showed a lick of fear. How was that? Just enthusiasm and gratitude. How was that? Well, Reverse the question, would he have been who he was without that attitude and achieved what he did? 
without that gratitude. So Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for for more details. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.